I like to think um, the same way as uh, Giacinto Scelsi, this wonderful Italian composer and philosopher too. He says that when we listen to a sound, we have the idea that it's a line, but in fact it's like a ball. It has a volume and uh, you have to go inside that volume to the heart of the sound. And of course, here we are talking about harmonics and how the sound is full of other sounds. I am very much interested in the, the new techniques and the extended techniques because that gives me the opportunity to go beyond the sounds, beyond the things that we normally, that we are used to listen to. And, and I use it very often as a way of, um, of expressing something that goes directly from your stomach. When I am writing music, or even when I am listening to other people's music, for me it's important that I really get involved immediately, that there, the sound itself is keeping me interested. That's composer Anna Lara talking about how she thinks about sound, how she organizes sound, and I love what she says there about the sounds within sounds, referring, of course, to the harmonic series. There's never a note that is only pure, that doesn't have other notes within it. So it's a great way to think about that. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. This is the first in a two-part series of music of Mexican composers. And for that interview with Ana, I was actually sitting in her house. I had the wonderful opportunity to travel to Mexico City with my producer, Jesse McCorders, and conduct interviews with composers and performers of new music and just kind of check out the new music scene in general in Mexico City. And wow, what a bustling scene it was. There, there's so much going on, so many composers, so many musicians, people doing so many different things. There's no way to categorize it all. And there's Certainly no way to feature all of it in only two hours, but we're going to do the best that we can to distill the best of the best that we got down for you and feature some really exciting music. That music that we heard in the very beginning is a piece by Ana. It's called Ilos Oros, La Luz, or And the Gold, the Light. And Ana says it's from a line of a beautiful text by the Uruguayan poet Idea Villarino. She talks about things like the gold, the light, the sun that disappear before our eyes. We'll come back to that piece and listen to it in its entirety. But for now, let's hear a different piece. This is her Concerto for Bassett Horn. We're going to hear the Orquestra Filarmonica de UNAM. That's the university in Mexico City. Jose Luis Castillo, conductor. And Tara Bowman is the Bassett Horn soloist. We have time to hear an excerpt.
composed music of Ana Lara, the first of the composers that we are talking to from Mexico City in this show featuring composers of Mexico. We heard her concerto for Bassett Horn. What a wonderful performance by Tara Bowman on the Bassett Horn. We heard the Orquesta Filimonia de Unam, Jose Luis Castillo, conductor. Another composer I had the great good fortune to talk to was Georgina Derbez. And I was sitting in her living room talking to her about her music. And it occurred to me to ask her what it's like for a composer in Mexico. What kind of opportunities there are? Where do they go to get their training? Well, the thing with Mexico is that in our generation, I was born in 1968, a long ago, but tends more and more People who go abroad to study abroad, for example, we have people who studied with Franco Donatoni in Milan, in Italy, and there's a branch of them, very good composers like Victor Rasgado or Juan Trigos. But then there's also composers like Gabi that they went to, to England, and also we have Anna Lara, she went to Poland, and so many others that, that they went to Holland, many of them also or um, uh, France also, and then they come back and then they are making a very live uh, landscape. You hear in her answer there are so many countries, Milan, Italy, England, Poland, Holland, France. One of the things that really struck me on my trip to Mexico, and uh, after the first couple of days, I stopped trying to find uh, the, the one thing that defines Mexican composers, because of course that's crazy. It's a huge country. There's so many people there. Uh, but there was one thing that really differentiates Mexico from the United States, and that's that we here in the United States have worked very, very hard to create a musical identity separate from Europe. In fact, I would even say we've been obsessed with it. We've worked really, really hard. Whereas in Mexico, they've gone the opposite route, and they are really embracing the European identity for classical music, and they all go to Europe to study. Uh, but the striking thing about that is they all come back to Mexico. And so I asked Regina, well, what are the opportunities for composers in Mexico that keep them coming back? If you're Mexican, there's uh, like a system of grants that the, whole, the government has that you can go for it. And, and then you receive the grant as a creative person and you can live whatever it doesn't matter. You just have to be Mexican. That's it. And 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 demonstrate that you have been working hard. <laughs> and then you participate. And yes, now, now uh, thanks God, I have this grant. It's called the Sistema Nacional de Creadores, National System of Creators, or I don't know. Then you receive like a salary every month and for three years. And then you, you have to really work. <laughs> yeah. You have to prove that you are working. And yeah, well, I think that's a, a great thing because uh, it stimulates you to work and work with discipline. Just want to make sure you understood what she's saying there. There's a government-sponsored grant for composers. Actually, she says creators, so it may extend to other arts, in which if you're lucky enough to be accepted, you are supported for three years, and you just have to work very hard and prove that you're working. I think that's a fantastic thing. I'm very interested in, in this idea. Um, and, and they don't tell you what kind of music you should be writing. So what a wonderful program they have there in Mexico City and how lucky for uh, Georgina Derbez that she's part of it. Let's hear a piece of music that uh, came out of this system. We're going to hear her double concerto. This is a concerto for orchestra, and the soloists are flute and piano.
Music by composer Georgina Derbez, her double concerto for orchestra, piano, and flute. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. Today is the first part in a two-part series of contemporary composers from Mexico, and this is actually from an exciting trip that producer Jesse McCorders and I took to Mexico, so a first-hand perspective. You can find out more information about the show on Facebook or on our website at relevanttones.com. We're featuring music of Mexican composers on this, the first of a two-part series of music gleaned from a trip to Mexico, actually. My producer, Jesse McCorders, and I had the great good fortune to travel to Mexico City and check out the scene there. We went to concerts. We met the sub-minister of culture. I went to art openings, met a ton of people. And uh, got some great interviews. And, uh, you know, we found that, uh, not surprisingly for a country as large as Mexico, there's no one sound coming out of that country. There's no one thing that they're all interested in. So we're playing just a variety of the things that we found. And you'll definitely hear that in this next piece, which sounds nothing like the pieces we've had heretofore on today's program. This is by composer Jorge Torres Sainz. And he's not somebody that we got to meet in person, but um, he's somebody that we listened to quite a bit as we were researching our trip down there. And what a stunning sense of sound and construction of sounds he has. We're going to hear a piece called Orbitas, which is for a a smallish chamber ensemble with electronic processing. And I think of this music as being kind of episodic rather than developmental. So it's not necessarily going anywhere. Instead, it's structured as a series of episodes that are not necessarily related to each other. And there's this kind of ambient sonic landscape um, that underpins it all, that is the foundation for those episodes. Let's have a listen. This is Orbitas by Mexican composer Jorge Torres Sainz.
I love that music, and I think you'll agree it sounds a lot different than anything else we had on this program of music of Mexican composers. So if when you heard that at the top of the hour, you were thinking to yourself, oh, great, it'll be like Mexican folk music. Um, you hear that, no, that's not necessarily true. And as we talked about with composer Georgina Derbez, these um, composers in Mexico are, are really looking to Europe for their models, and Europe is or tends to be a little more of, of, an, of an avant-garde model than, say, the United States or Asia. And I think you can really hear that in that piece. Orbitas by Jorge Torres Sainz. He gets some really, really interesting sounds out of the chamber ensemble. And whatever sounds he can't get acoustically, he makes up for with electronics, as composers tend to do, because we're so interested in finding new sounds. We're featuring the music of Mexican composers today on Relevant Tones, and in fact, this is a first-hand perspective. This is not just researching what's going on in Mexico and featuring it. Uh, we are featuring Mexican composers specifically because my producer, Jesse McCorders, and I had the opportunity to travel to Mexico City and chat with a lot of these composers and go to concerts and art openings and things and meet people and just see all the wonderful things that are going on, and it's really an incredible scene. And I want to feature as much different kinds of music coming out of Mexico as I can, because giant country that it is, there is no one thing that composers are all doing, of course. We wanted to talk to a film composer. There's a very busy film scene in Mexico City, and it's also only about three hours from L.A. by plane, so a lot of these composers also go to L.A. and work on major films. One such composer is Rosino Serrano, who has worked on many films, uh, one of which, El Crimen del Padre Amaro, won an Oscar in 2002. So he seemed like the perfect person to talk to. Uh, in order to get to him, we took what's called the Metro Bus, which is like a bus and streetcar hybrid. Uh, we took it further than I've ever gone in Mexico City to the south, almost outside of the city. And then we had to get into a taxi. And so here we are. Jesse's got all of his equipment on him. And, you know, the city is very safe. But the one thing they do say is beware of the taxis. So we're getting this taxi, a little nervous, not sure where we're going. But we got there okay. And Rosino is a great guy. We had a wonderful conversation with him in his home. The first thing I asked him about was his life in music and how he got into film. Well, I started in music very at a very early age, uh, studying classical piano, and um, I finished my studies in classical piano back in the 80s. Uh, at the same time, I've worked with different uh, projects of uh, jazz, rock, uh, Afro-Caribbean music, uh, pop artists. Uh, later on, I moved to New York for a few years. I graduated there uh, from Manhattan School of Music, majoring in jazz composition. And so I have both uh, classical and uh, more popular jazz-oriented backgrounds. As a composer, I have devoted my life mostly to what I call applied music. Uh, I've done quite a bit of film scoring, about 30 films, and I have arranged a lot of music for a wide variety of genres and styles, uh, more like the popular music uh, arena, jazz, big band, pop artists. That's composer Rosino Serrano talking about his life and training in music, and specifically how he got into what he calls applied music, meaning music that's been written for something else, like the theater or film. And, uh, you know, I've been listening to his music quite a bit, especially this sampler that he gave me of music he wrote for several films, and it's really clear that he's a master in a lot of different styles. He can go from classical to jazz to big band to even liturgical music on a dime. Well, particularly film music, it's something that, you know, is enticing 
for me about film music is that you have to be ready to quote unquote speak in different languages. And the, if you're not fluent in that language, you have to get ready to be fluent in that language in order to do the score. And it's always something challenging for me to be able to write in, in a variety of uh, genres, styles, uh, different uh, kinds of uh, ensembles from symphony orchestra to, to use Chinese instruments I used for a, a score a film I scored, uh, um, big band, rock and roll en ensemble, uh, and any mixes out of them. <laughs> Let's have a listen to music from a film that Rossino scored. This is from a film called Adam and Eve, and it's scored for strings and the bandoneon, which is a South American instrument. The nearest equivalent would be the accordion.
wonderful, evocative music, beautiful score there by Rosino Serrano for a movie called Adam and Eve. Rosino is a composer of applied music, working in theater and film, and, and quite successful at it. We were very happy to be able to talk with him. You know, I don't think there are very many radio programs where you would go from that piece, Orbitas, Jorge Torres signs, right into the, the piece by Rosino Serrano. <laughs> Such different, different music. But that was our experience while we were in Mexico. Everybody's doing different things, and they're, and they're all wonderful, and they're all so committed to what they're doing. Again, this is the first in a two-part series featuring music of Mexican composers, all music that we discovered or researched while we were on a trip to Mexico City. Let's turn now to a composer named Federico Ibarra, and his quartet number two is somebody that we didn't get to meet personally while we were in Mexico, but his name came up a lot. And so I did my research. You know, if these great composers are continually referencing him, I thought, let's let's give a listen. Um, he's a fantastic composer. I was completely blown away by his music. He's also a pianist. He's been making music for a long time. He's one of the most important composers in Mexico and somebody that I think we could not do a show about Mexican music and not feature. The first movement is uh, pizzicato. It's got some changing time signatures. It's really bright and colorful, kind of a three plus three plus two sort of feel in the beginning, but that, that changes pretty quickly. I think it's just a lot of fun to listen to, frankly. It's upbeat, and he's not changing the time signatures because he feels like he should. There's still a dance-like feel to it that I like a lot. Let's have a listen. This is the Quarteto Latinoamericano performing string quartet music by Federico Ibarra.
String Quartet Music by Federico Ibarra, wonderfully performed for us by the Quarteto Latinoamericano. I think you'll agree that that's fantastic music. Well, we've come to the end of the first part of this two-part series of music of Mexican composers. I hope you'll tune in next week as we return to this fascinating subject. I'll be talking to composer Gabriela Ortiz, her husband, the flutist extraordinaire Alejandro Esquire, who also runs the Onyx Ensemble, a contemporary music ensemble. So we'll get a performer's perspective on the new music scene in Mexico City. And I'll also be featuring the music of Samuel Zyman and perhaps the most famous living Mexican composer, Mario La Vista. That's next time on Relevant Tones. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders with special thanks to Claire Fosnacht. For more information about the program and the artists we featured, you can find us on Facebook, and you can hear this and all previous programs at RelevantTones.com. Relevant Tones is brought to you in part by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management LP, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the WFMT Radio Network. <laughs>